so many disciplines on here. <laughs> there are, yeah. Well, uh, good evening, everyone. This is Charlotte Pierce. I'm the producer of Ready Row USA. We have recently taken over our own distribution, so we appreciate your um, you're following us on YouTube and and uh, Twitter and Instagram and all those good places. Um, Ready Row USA. If you take out the little gaps, um, you should find us. Um, and we have a little noise on the line, but we have some noisy people because they have a lot to say. Um, I'd like to introduce the the crew that I have uh, assembled here today. Um, it's our second anniversary, so we, we're we're in our 88th episode, and this is not going too well there. Okay, um, 88th episode. So we started in in uh, December uh, 2018, and Mark Wilson will uh, wave his hand because he was on the first episode with me. Hi, and there's Jim Dietz next to him, and. <laughs> And they have their supplies for the party. Mm -hmm. um, and we have, let me get the little line up here. Uh, Jim Dietz, of course, and this is not going well. Um, Tara Morgan is also uh, our former associate producer and uh, she's now running some of her own productions and doing really good work with Seize the Oar and the Steady State Network. And we have Richard Butlers, who's also been on before, and uh, well, Solo Mark, or um, Solo Richard. Hi, he's a DEI, DEI co-chair for US Rowing. And uh, I don't know where Richard gets his energy, but um, I want some. Um, anyway, what we're gonna do is uh, go around and introduce each other ourselves with a little bio and then we'll go around to talk about some other things um our hopes and dreams what we've been through in 2020 hopes and dreams for rowing and i also want from each but each one i want a um a gift idea for uh christmas or hanukkah or holiday gift so i promised the audience that so that's um be be thinking y'all um okay so why don't we start with oh we do have a little um, a little preamble to go. Hold um, on. You didn't introduce Ryan. Ryan, sorry, Ryan. Come on. Let me let me solo Ryan. <laughs> He's hiding behind his beard. Ryan is also, also a an, uh, veteran of Ready Row USA and a, a talented host. And I, I'm trying to get him back, but he's too busy. Hi, Ryan. You shall pass. So you're in Chattanooga. Great to be back here with everybody tonight. Yeah. I'm here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Awesome. Um, we do have an episode hashtag, and we have a winner for uh, December, who is Andres Carrazzo, who Mark knows because he came to one of the head of the Charles Rowing camps. And um, he he's using our hashtag on social media. So he's going to win something cool, and I'm hoping to get uh, either maybe uh, – I, don't, I shouldn't speak for, for you guys, but uh, maybe you can think of something we can award to, to Andres. Um, Richard, why don't you start out with a little bio and then um, we'll go around, you know, a couple minutes or whatever you want to do. All right, cool. Thank you. I am so, so glad to be here with all of you today. Um, I thought this would be my last podcast to be on but i found out i have another one at the end of the month but i think this will be my favorite because it's just informal get to be ourselves uh, i'm richard butler uh i am formerly the executive director of three rivers rowing here in pittsburgh pa club of the year at least six times that was a goal competing against cri to see who can do it year after year. Since you can't do it year after year, every two years. Um, I'm also the former um, inclusion manager for US Rowing, which has been quite the experience to really create awareness of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the sport of rowing. Uh, served on the US Olympic Diversity Commit Advisory Committee and presently the co-chair of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion 
uh, Committee for U.S. Rowing. Uh, also, do you want my gift idea right now? No, let's or do that at the we'll end. Do that at the yeah. end. Yeah. And and so uh, just for a quickie, I did not become a rower until I was in my late forties. And so go masters rowing. Cool. Let's go to Ryan since I um, ignored him on the first little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But Ryan, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to and what in your life. <laughs> so I am uh, based here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I help a little bit with the community juniors program, I'm trying to support them best I can. Call me a volunteer boatman, if you will. And I'm also the head coach of our college club here in Chattanooga. I'm the sole proprietor of Squeaky Orlock LLC, <laughs> doing some logistics and consulting, just trying to help you get your boats where you need them so that you can be on the water. And, Squeaky uh, Orlock. Squeaky Orlock. Yes. No one else had the name. So <laughs> I, I am also involved in whitewater, specifically expedition rafting. So you've warlocks there too. Um, but I love all the rowing, the coastal, the gigs, the uh, whitewater, the flat water racing. It's just good to be on the water. So um, yeah, I'm based here in Chattanooga and I'm really just involved in in a lot of different things. Right now I've got a couple uh, custom trailers in the mix, some small boat trailers for people that I'm going to build for them. So that's what I'm up to. Sounds good. Um, let's go to, to Tara because I've got your slide up next, Tara. And uh, I'm going to put you in the, in the hot seat there. Hey. Uh, coming to you from Bashan Island, Washington, Pacific Northwest. Ah! West Coast. West Coast, Best Coast. Um, yeah, so I'm the founder of Seize the Your Foundation, and I'm also the co-founder of the new Steady State Media Network, and that's what I've been working on this year. So thanks so for having me. Who else do we have? Is there anyone else in the room? I don't know. Let's see. Let, um, let's let's see if. <laughs> oh, we have we have someone that I recognize. Could be Jim Dietz and his sidekick. <laughs> it's not Tara Morgan. That's Jim Dietz. <laughs> How are you guys? So, Jim, you know, like, do you, do you have any credentials or, you know? <laughs> I've been around for 56 years rowing. So there's, there's not much I haven't done. All right. I'd like to pick up with, with what Richard was mentioning. It seems like. 2020 has been the year of the Zoom, and uh, I've been on numerous Zoom calls. And uh, this past week, Richard probably knows U.S. Rowing had a Zoom convention, which talking to Amanda Krauss just yesterday, she said was a booming success. And I think what what resonated with with our conversation yesterday was was how it's going to help diversity and everything else because. I think there were over 900 people on these Zoom calls over the past week or so. And a lot of those people are people that would have been able to be afford to, to go to a, a national convention. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. to be honest, the only reason I ever went to the convention was to drink in the bar with the other coaches and people that love rowing. Right, Richard? Yeah, it, it's all about that. And and there will always be that part of the conventions in the in the future, hopefully. But I think the knowledge that we want to convey to people, whether it's uh, juniors rowing or masters rowing or adaptive rowing or coastal rowing now, I, I think that's, that's an awesome thing. I want to give a shout out to a, another Zoom of adventure that I've been involved with this past year. And next year, 2021, will be the 50th anniversary of the head of the Schuylkill Regatta. And what mm. the head of the Schuylkill is doing right now is trying to compile 20 stories or, I mean, 50 stories, excuse me, for 50 years about athletes, coaches, officials, people that have helped with the regattas and, and made things happen over the 50 years. And uh, it's really an exciting thing to be part of. We had a Zoom call for 
uh, a renowned coach of, of the Undyne Boat Club, Jim Barker, last week. 97 people were on that call. And it's helping people to connect. And, and I think that's an exciting thing. The, the next one we're going to be doing, uh, Charlotte, you might be interested in, it's, mm -hmm. it's for the 1967 Women's Eight from the Philadelphia Girls Club, which, is, which, which was the first American entry in any international event ever. And these were gals that had to go out and buy their own uniforms and sew their own USAs on and you know, but that was the start of getting women involved. And from 67 going up to 76 when we had our first women's Olympic team, those are mon monumental thing. And those women were, were trailblazers. So That's awesome. when it comes to rowing, there's always some interesting things going on. And I guess everybody knows that you are formerly uh, the women's coach at UMass Amherst, but I don't think you mentioned that, but you've recently retired, I guess. Only 24 years. Yeah. So. <laughs> I ran into someone who, uh, Samantha Wonderland at U.S. Rowing. Yeah. Uh -huh. She said, oh, yeah, I, I, um, I was, you know, he was my coach. So, Mark, are you going to? Are you going to squeak at something about something? Sure, I'll, I'll join in. I think uh, I think 2020 has been really a, a, a year of opportunistics. I, I think the thing with uh, what I've seen is that people who want to row, people who want to be involved in our sport, people who want to get outside, they found a ways to do that. And I think mm -hmm. that's absolutely fantastic. I think I applaud every single person that's been out rowing and, and erging, obviously, as well. But I think people that are staying active, having fun, meeting new people, via Zoom or, or other virtual events and, and just being able to stay active. I, I want to applaud every person that's out there doing that sort of thing. And that goes with the coaches as well as the athletes themselves. So um, you know, we're doing rowing camps down here in Florida. We start uh, we started yesterday actually and you know everything's in singles but and everybody's outside doing what we're supposed to be doing. And yes we live in Florida and yes it's open and you know, we don't have whatever going on, but we're outside, you know, and I think that's a big part of what rowing is all about. And uh, so I would just keep encouraging people to find ways to be outside, enjoy the sport, uh, be responsible, but do what you do, what you do, you know, and, and I think everybody that's involved with the sport at some level is resourceful, uh, energetic, and mm -hmm. trying to be as absolutely positive as possible. And I can't and applaud everybody any more than that. Charlotte, I have to put in a two cents here. Yes. All right. I, I was I was reading uh, Road 2K. I read it like you know five the, times a day. The New York <laughs> Times. You know, it, every day I have to read it. You know, but they have a section in there about college coaches and mm -hmm. what have you learned from your COVID experience that you might carry on in the future. Well, all these rocket science coaches now are saying, "Wow, I didn't realize." how great it would be to have people training in singles and pairs. Yeah. It's like, what are you, for real? I've been preaching that for <laughs> have 50 goddamn years, and now you're finally, I it know. took COVID to finally wake you guys up. It's about time. Well, like, so I've been going to your rowing camps for three or four years, and you've, I, I swear to you, you've said that, you know, in Europe, they, they start them on sculling, you know, and... Mm -hmm. And uh, this is going to be, but, and that's what they said throughout that whole convention too. A lot of the tech guys did say, um, yeah, it's going to benefit our rowers a lot. So yeah. I don't know. Um, Mark, you and Jim met at uh, Coast Guard Academy. You kind of skipped your bio, but that's okay. Yeah. My bio is pretty, pretty pointless. <laughs> that's okay. But but you met like 25 years ago or 35 years ago or what is yeah, it? Yeah, more like 35. <laughs> yeah, we, we met actually in the in the fall of uh, 1987. So it's yeah. been a it's been a few years. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately or fortunately, fortunately for me, I'm not so sure about fortunately for Jim. He's he's let me uh, hang on his coattails for a few of those years. So <laughs> it's been fun. He's um, been carrying me all these years. <laughs> Yeah. I, I went off and, and did a little bit of rowing under Jim and then went and coached with Jim uh, after a stint in the in the business world and uh, started my coaching career, full-time coaching career under Jim in 1997, 97 or 98 uh, at University of Massachusetts and then yeah. I've been pretty much coaching yeah. since then. So yeah, it's been great and I, I just can't, you know, I think 
I think the thing that that uh, you know, being this round round robin thing, and hopefully there's more than three people watching this right now. I think there are. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're having a good we're time. having a great time. But I just want to keep applauding applauding the the participants and the yeah. people out there in the rowing community. I can't I can't tell enough about. You know, Jim and I did a little head of the Charles camp, even though there was no head of the Charles. Um, that head of the Charles camp filled in 24 hours. And that was 12 uh, people, yeah, I was there. It was I, fantastic, you know, and everybody you know, wants to row. Everybody wants to do yeah. stuff. And I think that yeah. every person on this panel is seeing that. They're, they're, they're realizing that, mm -hmm. seeing that, living that. And I can't wait to hear what Tara has to say because I love Tara. Good job, And it, it worked out really well because, uh, you know, we were all outside and everything. But. The, the thing I liked about and everybody said about you guys is that it doesn't, you know, I'm an old lady, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You, you coach the coaches I've had and you guys are included, you know, have focused on, on me as an individual rower. And I, I really appreciate that. We have Joe May watching from, uh, you know, Joe May, right? Worcester. Joe, Joe May. May. Yeah. Yeah. Joe May. <laughs> yeah. So let's go around. Let's I'll throw it open to our to our kind of our next uh, topic, I guess, which would be uh, challenges from 2020 and and um, and uh, projects and plans for for uh, going forward in your rowing endeavors. Um, Ryan, why don't you take it? Or uh, yeah, I want to jump on that. Yeah. You know, one of the things that came out of COVID, you know. A lot of innovation is coming out of this for a lot of different people, people with different access issues. And one of the things that I ran into is a pretty good handful of folks who were sweep rowers or team boat rowers. And there's nothing wrong with that. Adults especially will just pigeonhole themselves in that because that's what they like. But then you start missing the water. And so then you step to your boathouse is closed. So then you got to figure out how to get out there. And there's a lot of good options. Coastal, I'll say all day, coastal boats are great no matter where you are. But I've also got to pitch a board. That's been a system that we got in Chattanooga for the club team, put them on some old fiberglass paddle boards that were basically in the trash pile. And that's kept, that's kept those club members on the water all season. Okay. So you're talking about oar boards. So you, that's the sliding rigger. Yeah. So it's a, it's a hand assembly, wing nuts only, no tools required, um, plastic frame sliding rigger system. And it's strapped on the board. It's non-obtrusive. When you take it back off the paddle board, is still your paddle board. And yeah. so you've got a price point that's pretty affordable because you can have, depending on what you spend on your paddleboard for a couple thousand dollars, you've got oars, a rowing station, riggers, and your board. And um, a couple different people make those. Wintech makes a board that has a rowing station on it. But um, oar board. You feel like they got enough, uh, a good rowing experience or is was there? Is it, you know, like if you're, when yeah. you're looking at it as a coach who wants those, you know, all fall, the plan was to go race you know, in April, which yeah. trying to be optimistic about, but it it's going to be challenging, especially for the colleges to, to sort out a spring season. Um, you're not taking a stroke in a racing shell, but that's one of the things that's so awesome about the coastal boats is when you're in a coastal boat on dead flat water, you're taking a rowing stroke and you're learning how to really move a shell. Mm -hmm. um, you know, another thing though, that came out of the year, uh, I've been trying to, um, help develop a little more of this niche for myself in the rowing world that is, if you will, recession proof, because one of the things that everybody does in the, um, in non COVID is, uh, get on the water. So, and how do you get your equipment there? So it's small boats. Um, again, like the paddle boards, that's, you know, it's also a 10 and a half foot long boat. So everybody's car can take the roof. No problem. Um, that's, that's about that. Sorry. <laughs> just and yeah, moving it, in the season, you know, if people are sitting in the snow right now, looking at frozen, getting ready to look at frozen water, go South, you know, whether you're going for a full camp or you just need to go get some meters in for a long weekend. Um, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just um, hit the road in my car. I'm a little nervous about flying, but I know Mark isn't, but I'm going uh, to turn to uh, Tara next because she's got a, a, catch a, a ferry boat out of Vashon Island. So I muted you because your keyboard was a little loud. Hey, so hi, thanks for having me. I, yeah. I live on a little island and I have a, a appointment in town, as we call Seattle, is in town, so <laughs> we need to catch, catch the boat. But hey, so 2020, I, 
I had a lot of great experiences in 2020 as isolating as it was, um, you know, sitting in the para rowing sphere, there was a lot of challenges in how do we not be gatekeepers and how do we get people on the water or how do we stay connected? So what we ended up doing at Seize the Oar was we ended up creating global virtual training opportunities and our coaches really delivered. Like they really came up with some great training plans, sessions, series, brought in instructors from all over the world. It was such a great opportunity to bring in instructors from New Zealand, from other clubs uh, in uh, Britain. It was fantastic. So the other thing that we did was we shifted into our thought leadership. So we shifted away from outreach. Obviously we couldn't do a lot of outreach, but we shifted into thought leadership and we started a series called the Para Rowing Global Meetup. And we had, now we have a list of over 250 para professionals from around the globe. We have Kenya, we have Germany, we have Britain, we have people's uh, opinions and minds coming together. And we just uh, did the last of the series yesterday and we had a really great showing of people just sharing their challenges and what's going forward in the parasphere because no one was talking about it. So we felt like we wanted to take that ball. And now we're starting in January as a leader, trying to be the thought leaders with that and doing things like strategic planning and fundraising for para and, and kind of going into those directions. And then the other thing was I uh, met Rachel Friedman from Source online on a Facebook group and reached out to her and we ended up starting a whole company together called the Steady State Media Network. And we are reframing the narrative about rowing and we're trying to tell the rower's perspective from the real life rower perspective. And we're doing that through a podcast a website and we're actually gonna publish a print magazine next year. So it's been kind of a crazy year for me. Your um, presentation at US Rowing was fantastic too. Your, thank you, know. you. yeah, they, that was an interesting experience because you know I, I was asked, two weeks before the convention to do that presentation. So it was very quick, you know, not surprising, right? Yeah, right. Um, but I did the LGBTQIA plus uh, mm -hmm. intersection inclusion session. Mm -hmm. And I just was blown away by the feedback that we've gotten from yeah. that group. I, I collected a group that I thought would be really dynamic and diverse. And that Leah Miranda was amazing. Yeah, we had some hard, hard topics, some hard words, and, and we definitely want that to keep going so mm -hmm. we're really encouraging people if they want to reach out yeah. to us that group is actually really cool and we would love to keep going yeah um and then the last thing i wanted to talk about was that u.s rowing convention was not affordable and was not made available financially for a whole pass at a cost that was much different than being in person and we thought that was not okay so we offered eight scholarships yes. by partnering with concept two and iCrew and science of rowing and we made it possible for some really great fresh perspectives to be there. So we're really, the steady state did that. So I'm really yeah. stoked. It was nice to meet them at your happy hour. I'm glad I did yeah. buy. Um, that's it for me. Thank you. You have a gift idea, gift idea. Oh, uh, there's a little gadget that's super overpriced, but it's kind of a cool idea. It's in Kickstarter phase and it's called the ERG remote and it attaches to the middle of your ERG handle. And with your thumbs, you can change your music. So you don't actually have to get off the erg. You can actually just change it with your thumbs. It's kind of, it's kind of. I deep. love it. We're gonna put it's that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Send me, it's send called, me the link if you can. Yeah, it's called yeah. erg remote. Anyway, thank you for that. Thank I'll, you, Tara. Thank out. you for coming by. Yeah. Well, I'll hang out till I have to go. Okay, good. Tara, good. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. You bet, Richard. It's good to who see wants, you. Who wants you to too. go next, Richard? You you haven't. Sure. Yeah. I, I you know so I'm a big fan of if you take space make space and so when i'm on these type of podcasts i tend to just give the space i've been around not as long as jim not as long as mark but long enough and um and so maybe it's time for us to hear new voices in this space but uh i for 2020 <laughs> i felt that so it was only one year since I was the inclusion manager, that was not part of the convention. And this year I was allowed to be a part of the convention as a non-employee. And we made a intentional effort to normalize diversity, equity, inclusion within all sessions, not just a diversity, equity, inclusion track, but all sessions. And I was super impressed and, and Charlotte, thank you for being a sponsor and, uh, Tara for your piece and Jim for your piece and we we just really 
or we are on to something. And so I, yeah. I'm, I'm just so grateful for that. And I've been in this space of trying to create to, uh, there's my phone. I've oh, been in this space. <laughs> I've been in this space of trying to create awareness for all Americans in this sport. And for the first time in 2020, I think we got all rowers attention in this sport. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and let's and that's let's not not talk about the elephant in the room is that the I'm in this conversation with you because when Mr. Uh, George Floyd was murdered, all of America was able to see America and U.S. Rowing was called to the carpet and U.S. Rowing did not act immediately but got it together mm -hmm. and I applaud U.S. Rowing for that. And, and so all, out of all of that, what happened for me is I've been having these no small talk conversations across America and even into Canada. And it's just a conversation that we have not had. It's mm -hmm. historical facts, it's personal storytelling, it's just, let's find the common ground of who we are, not only as rowers, but just as human beings. And so I've just recently launched, uh, I've, I've trained over 700 people in the last three months in this conversation. And it is because of rowing, giving me a voice that I've already had, but giving me a bigger voice to say we can do better and and so some of the initiatives that has happened just rowing specific with me is uh, because of Arshay's movie, I was able to come up with a uh, rowing for justice program here in Pittsburgh and potentially Trenton, New Jersey and potentially Buffalo, New York, where we have police officers ready to learn to row. <laughs> along with community leaders, not the youth, because mm -hmm. police officers and youth in the under-resourced communities is still a really hard thing mm -hmm. to do. But the leaders of those communities who are fighting social injustice. And so getting them in boats for 12 weeks with conversation facilitated with a curriculum to listen and hear each other, not in the boats. In the boats, we don't talk. But afterwards, what do we have? We have adult beverages, we have food, and we have conversation, and it's facilitated to hear each other out. And then they get a certificate to say that they went through our social rowing for social injustice academy. You get a certificate, and then you hit repeat. And so if there's any boathouses, any rowing programs in America right now listening to this, we're ready to roll this nationally. We're ready to have these conversations. Uh, let's do this. We're with you. Do you have a, uh, a gadget? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, people. I get sent stuff for some reason for free, but this one I bought on the bottom of my bottle, there's a little squirrel on an erg. And Jim mentioned every category except indoor rowing. And you know what? Indoor <laughs> rowing is the most accessible. It's adaptable. Oh, it's inclusive. And, but this is here. from Slow Gen Fizz on the bottom. You got it. And this little squirrel, it's just so cool. And so I've sent personal friends. I ordered these from Slow Gen Fizz on Instagram. <laughs> and I have sent them to friends as a special gift. And with a personal note of what they mean to me, and they love the whimsical squirrel on an erg. Richard, that's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. And that's that's a sticker that you can order. Can we put that in the show notes? You want me to put it in the show notes? You're, uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't even know how to write my name. <laughs> we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, I just didn't know if there's a, put it in the show notes. some I'll, kind I'll, of a link or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I say one more thing before you yes, I, I have to jam? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that's really a glaring uh, issue in the para-rowing sphere is the anemic pipeline for athletes in the master's realm and the junior's realm, as well as the anemic coaching pipeline, um, bringing new coaches on, 
and taking someone from being what I call the WMV, the well-meaning volunteer uh, who's coaching para and elevating them with confidence and skills. And so what CZOR is doing is we're developing the, the uh, not the first, obviously, British Rowing has done it and Australia has done it and everybody else has done it, but uh, an adaptive rowing coaching certification. And so we'll be doing that in 2021. So stay tuned. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thanks. Mark, Mark and Jim, you all want to talk a little bit about uh, your plans for the next year and uh, a wonderful uh, gift that people can buy for the holidays for their rower in their life. Sorry. <laughs> uh, am I unmuted? You are. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, I would like to pick up again where, where Richard left off. And uh, my Christmas gift that I think would be fabulous would be to get more coastal quads into the United States, all right? And the International Rowing Association is, is, is promoting coastal rowing to help us grow the sport, the greater universality of the sport around the world. But as far as diversity in the United States, you know, these boats are much more affordable. You can get kids and adults in them. Tara, the same thing for, for adaptive people. I think these boats are going to be a lot easier to, to move people back and forth in. And, uh, you know, I got to give a shout out to guys like Bill Donahoe up in, up in Cleveland. You know, Bill is, Bill is trying to, to, to start the Great Lakes Coastal Series. And what he wants to do is – Get all these boats into the inner cities. Get people that have never thought about being on the water before in these boats. And that's what's going to make us a greater rowing nation if we can do that. And I'm I'm all about these coastal boats. I think they're fabulous. Every club should have one as a training tool to get people in because of the stability. Like Ryan was saying earlier, taking a good stroke is taking mm -hmm. a good stroke. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any difference when you're, whether you're in a – Twelve or fourteen thousand dollar empocker or or a four thousand dollar coastal single. You can take those great strokes, and I think this is really what's going to help grow our sport in the United States. Over the past twenty five years, thanks to Title Nine and gender equity, our sport has grown exponentially. But now we have to keep keep growing, you know. And I'd like to see our 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 universities move into the Olympic events instead of just rowing eights and um, mm -hmm. get more people, uh, more variety in, in every boat we can. So I'm all for that. Awesome. I think Tara had a quick comment here before she has to go. I muted you. You're saying that because on Richard's point, uh, indoor rowing is a great access point for so many people who find water a barrier mm -hmm. for participation, uh, who find uh, being uh, coached from a launch, you know, in those kinds of scenarios as, as intimidating. But also with coastal rowing, and what's kind of ironic is what you said about going back to pairs and singles is like, oh, duh, of course, that's how we learn to row well. Well, I'd like for everyone to try a coastal uh, boat and try and race your fastest 2k and then tell me that adaptive rowers shouldn't row standard boats at the Olympics because those are what we're rowing. We're rowing explorer mm -hmm. doubles and mm -hmm. explorer singles. There's wide body boats and that's what FISA makes us uh, row at the Olympic level. And I'd love for everyone to try and row their fastest 2k and then hopefully that will trickle into the Olympics and say, well, everybody gets to row a skinny because it's just, it's gonna change everything. This whole period is gonna change everything. It's awesome. I'm excited about all of it. I think it's great. Good, well, mm -hmm. let's let's have you back to talk more about that, Tara. I appreciate so you coming. Tara. Bye, Tara. You're the best. Enjoy your commute. Thank you. <laughs> it's such a wonderful commute out there. I used to live in Seattle. I wanna, I need to visit. Oh, I really do. I've been wanting to. Nothing like taking a boat to work or, or to school, you know? Or a float plane. Yeah. <laughs> or a float plane. Do you have float planes out there in Beresford? Or? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Right. We're down in Seattle. Yeah, cool. Charlotte, well, I sent you the link to uh, Slow yeah, Jim so is via text because I can't figure out how to get on a chat on here. That's okay. There's a private chat on the right, but don't worry about it. Um, 
I will get that into the show notes. Anything else that we want to mention before we wrap up? Uh, Why do we have to wrap up? I don't know. I don't think we do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mark. I think Mark. <laughs> we've we've bumped on something a couple times that I'd yeah. like to just, and it, it's in my plan for 2021. Yep. You have these opportunities like what Richard's working on with police and community leaders together. Yep. Corporate team building is not a new concept in our sport. And bringing mm. groups of people who work together, HR departments are always trying to find team building to do, right? Rowing is an awesome place for us to advertise and reach into those new markets. Um, back to the coastal quad thing, Fulham Reach in London, they have a couple coastal quads. They don't even take them out of the water. They're, yeah, they just up. They're in there with fenders on them, like a lot of people's launches are. But right. when they take their middle school PE programs that they've been starting on the indoor rower and they go to take them on the water for the first time, that first day you actually go on the water. You don't spend the whole day learning how to pick an eight up together with a bunch of that, seven. That's, that's key, Ryan, uh, just getting them rowing from the start. I have a call with Steve tomorrow from the UK from that i have a call with them at noon tomorrow to talk about accessibility and you just nailed it why are we just not getting there's recreation rowing there's competitive rowing we res, we respect the competitive but if rowing does not grow it's it's um grow and say recreational rowing is okay too if rowing Richard, doesn't Richard, it's making it more accessible Last right. year, last year they asked me to come to the Lighthouse to Lighthouse race in Norwalk, Connecticut. I said, "Yeah, I would come, but I want you to get me four guys from the local fire department mm -hmm. so I can teach them how to row." Mm -hmm. Richard, just like you said, I took those four guys and I worked with them on a concept two erg. We had four concept two ergs. I worked with these guys for about forty minutes, put them into that boat, and they raced. Now. They didn't win, but they went out and had an experience that they never would yeah, have experienced. That's where we need to go, Richard. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Row the sport, and our national team will take care of our, itself. You're, Grow you're the sport have. from the bottom. Get kids, get people, recreation, touring. All of this stuff is good stuff. Coastal, yeah. So, get, them, get them on the water, create an experience, and all of a sudden, you're going to find some of the best athletes that you didn't even know existed. Exactly. But right. besides besides finding the best athletes, what Ryan said is put people on the water. Mm -hmm. I had a woman. I had a woman and a husband from uh, over across the county in Florida. Here, they came over here to Deland and put them in a coastal single for the very first time they've ever taken strokes on Monday morning. And they're rowing within minutes because mm -hmm. it's a stable platform and they had a great time. And they're so now, both in their 70s. And they're both in their 70s. And yeah. now they're going they're going to come back. And then on Christmas Eve morning, we've already scheduled it, that our young Ryan Worth right there <laughs> is going to be coaching them on an oar board and a coastal single. Yes. Because all they want is exercise, the opportunity to be out on the water, they own property on the intercoastal waterway and what a better way to enjoy the dolphins and the manatees and the, everything else the sunrise than being out rowing under your own power right and, they, and, and the so, canadian geese that shit on your dock right we don't right? Have, we don't have canadian <laughs> geese in florida I, so, i'm gonna let ryan talk because he unmuted but hey, well, watch I, out jim what, i don't have a, a bleeper you know what ryan, <laughs> what ryan what ryan is saying what you're saying richard is a hundred percent correct we cannot afford to continue in the United States as being purely a flat water, long skinny boat type of sport. We have to branch out. We have to engage, encourage, and embrace all of the other types of craft that allow people to enjoy rowing. Some of them are going to turn into fabulous elite level athletes. Some of them are going to turn in to just good old healthy people. And yeah, that's, that's what we want. Right. And so before I let Ryan go back to what his point, I wanted to say, so my programs here in Pittsburgh, and I'm also partnering with my brother's keeper, President Obama's um, 
foundation for young black men. We're going to start a rowing program here in Pittsburgh, but we're going to put pontoons on the boat. That's what mm-hmm. we do with our para. That's what we do with mm. our adaptive. We're going to get them rowing day one. And so they don't get all discouraged if they flip Don't in. get discouraged yeah. because they can't even get out of the mm-hmm. docks. So go, Ryan. Can I show you all something? Oh, gosh. This is my... Charlotte and your alligator. This is me at you at All-American Rowing Camp with this friggin' like it's eight-foot alligator. That's bigger than eight-foot, that. Charlotte. Really? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. It, gets, it gets bigger every time I tell this story. <laughs> it, the alligator jumped in the water, and I took off like I never have before. Yeah, and Jim, never we never saw a faster racing start than Charlie <laughs> getting away from that gator. That was the <laughs> highest compliment I got from Jim T. I think I took that picture. <laughs> you did. You did. You did. Yeah. I it think, was. I think what what. What uh, Richard is saying, though, is mm-hmm. is really, really great. And what Ryan is saying and what we've been saying is that it doesn't just have to be the skinny boat with pontoons. It can be from day one, the gig, right? Jim, the old man sitting next to me, started rowing in a gig, right? It didn't weigh 28 pounds. It weighed a whole lot more. The coastal single, these other boat types that are out there are available. They're affordable. Mm-hmm. Clubs ought to invest in them because that's how you can put somebody in an appropriate boat that they train in, actually learn how to row, actually take really, really good strokes without the need even to adapt something to to pontoons. Pontoons have their purpose, of course they do, and for certainly they have opportunities uh, to 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 um, exchange equipment that you already have. I, you know, 100% agree, 100%. But adding that gig, adding that coastal, adding those other boat types to the fleet that really will really make it exciting. And then the the waterways become more accessible to more people and you don't have to worry so much about the perfect water conditions. We all see them every single day on Instagram and wherever else, Twitter, and whatever, those perfect flat water days. You know what I'm looking forward to is the not so flat water day and going out in the coastal or the gig or the touring quad and enjoying those opportunities. So there's a yeah. lot more to rowing in the United States than what we've seen. And that's where this group and others that are watching and, and embracing this yeah. need to keep seeing the opportunities to expand the sport. That's what Ryan, I hope, is talking to. I'm going to let Ryan, I'm going to turn it back to Ryan. Thanks. Ryan, take well, it away. Exactly it. We've got so many ways to grow. We've got ways to grow in whom is being included in the sport, what kind of boats they're rowing in, but also what waterways we're rowing on. And, you know, we get away from having our racing single and you can, you can spend your whole life rowing new waterways in a racing single, Mm -hmm. but you can also within a hundred mile radius of your house, probably spend your whole life exploring all the creeks and everything else on a paddleboard with a rowing station under on top of it. You're still rowing coastal singles too, Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, and, um, you know, I, I love what Mark's saying about boathouses. Yeah. Most boathouses are full of eights. So yeah, Richard put some adaptive pontoons on those things and they're a pretty dang stable platform. You know, and I think um, as we get, as we, we start to get away from 2020, the year of COVID and the year of all these different adaptations, um, team boats are going to be really popular in 2021 as we're able to all get things together. I know some people are, but a lot of people aren't. And um, man, that's going to be exciting. But uh, yeah, coastal quads and just exploring a gift idea for that's maybe not traditionally rowing. I actually bought myself one of these puppies. It's on the walls for Muir Way, M-U-R-I-R, um, named after John Muir. That is a paint print of the waterways of- National uh, Parks. Uh, yeah. John oh. Muir. Yeah. yeah. They, they do those maps and they're a print off of a laminate block that they carved. And it's, it's just the rivers of the United States, which when you look at just that is really cool. And I think that's one of the things that obviously the water is what connects us as rowers, unless you're an indoor rower. And so this is my other gift idea. Um, the hydro has been talked about on the show before. I think a lot of people in the board have seen it. That is an awesome platform for taking rowing at home. Price point is a barrier for a lot of people for sure. Echelon has a product that does not have rowing on the water. It just got instructors in a gym but their machine is only about a thousand dollars. So it's, if you're like an 
home exerciser and it's not for rowing training, then maybe the echelon machine is a good fit because then you got other instructors um, to, it, it, that's just exercise for motivation or motivation. I have a hydro and I, it's tremendously motivating. I, I they, People put it down as a beginner's machine, but it's only a beginner's machine if you treat it like one, you know, it's, you can push it. And um, it's a lot of the, the, the cool thing is a lot of those people are coming into like clubs like CRI and wanting to try water rowing. So it's, it's got a good, you know, that, that's where I think the bridge is Charlotte, because yeah. you, you have concept two ergs or water rowers or whatever, mm -hmm. and all the gyms and stuff like that. People that have never rowed before that are on hydros or, or, or experience in the, the sport that way. Well, what's the next mm -hmm. step? Right. And the next step might not be your traditional skinny rowing boats. You know, I mean, what, I, what I'm enjoying is going off to the Blackburn Challenge where people are going 25 plus miles around Cape Ann in Gloucester and they're on paddle boards, they're on rowing shells, they're in old surf skis, surf skis <laughs> old pulling boats and, and whatever. There, there's diversity and all those people get together and this is the best part. You pull into a beach. Yeah. There's a tent, there's a barbecue, there's a band and there's beer and everybody gets along yeah. because everybody's sharing in that experience. And I think sharing our experience and growing our sport more through having an open mind about all these different boat classes is going to help us. You know, the bottom line is, Getting kids in, in a boat, teaching them to be independent and good citizens and all of the good stuff that we know that this sport brings to people. Well, there's where you're changing the world mm -hmm. in a boat. I loved oh, your uh, that presentation on uh, coastal rowing. I, I thought I didn't know if I could stand another session but it was like the very last one of the of the convention and it was like the best presentation you had videos you had all these people who were like you had the young people you know it was really nice mm -hmm. and it got me really re-inspired about it i had been out with um ben booth in westport a couple of years ago that was the first coastal quad that i was out in mm -hmm. And then we did one in when I came down for rowing camp and I went over to, uh, yeah, Sarasota. I always call it Saratoga. You know, but even, even there, Charlotte, I don't think that the bigger focus needs to be Olympic racing. No. The bigger focus should be getting people in the boat, mm -hmm. you know, for, for better health and all the other things that our sport bring, brings to people. Oh, you're not, you're not bummed about the... Yes. Uh, taking the Olympic boat or the Olympic status out of coastal. You're not. No, 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 no. I, I don't, I don't care about that, but I, I don't think, in fact, I've been talking to manufacturers and, and, and they're saying, well, we're going to do this with the skeg or do that with the skeg. Mm -hmm. And so why do you want to do that with the skeg? Well, because for a racing boat, it would be better, but for a touring boat, mm -hmm. It might be terrible. You're going to yeah. be busting those skegs and stuff like that. They, everybody's thinking towards the top of the pyramid. I say, think to the bottom of the pyramid. Right? Get yeah. boats that people can afford that you can get people in, and the top will take care of itself. Yeah, sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Richard. I, I, no, that's fine. Um, yeah. There again, uh, make space and take space. So um, what Jim is saying, we here in Pittsburgh had a huge and I competed in dragon boating and the access to all Americans to the sport of dragon boating reminds me of what coastal rowing can be. It's mm -hmm. that safety of this big hulking thing. Now you can get 20 people <laughs> paddling together in national championships at speeds that you would never imagine lifting a 500 pound boat out of the water with those paddling and but people who are afraid of water people who would have never thought of rowing but then we convert them to rowers we convert them to rowers and so all aquatics no matter the design 
but uh, uh, not just adopting it, but embracing it or supporting it. And so that's Jim. So dragon boating is that next step. So we don't need to do dragon boating. We need to do coastal rowing. I'm a mm -hmm. big fan of Mr. Donahue. I have talked to him. I, I If we can find the demographics that I'm most interested in, communities that are underrepresented in our sport that are near coastal waters that I'm 100% going to help recruit and get people in those boats because that's the accessibility. And then we'll find that exceptional athlete in those boats to say, try the skinny boat because you're strong mm -hmm. as an ox. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, like Ryan's map behind him there, Richard, you know, it doesn't have to be on the on the coast of the United States. Any of those rivers on John Muir's map behind Ryan, you can row those boats. You know, and, and again, we're going to get more kids in those boats because they're more accept they're they're more affordable. They'll last long before we're all gone, and you can mm -hmm. you can be safe and get kids out and get them in the outdoors, and that's what's going to be good. So I'm just putting up the uh, contact information, and I'm going to give you all a chance to um, give one one more burning uh, question as we go out or uh, <laughs> comment, <laughs> burning desire. This group um, one. What's that? <laughs> this group one. Yeah, yeah right. Right. <laughs> well, I was really scared that Jim was going to go off on one of his his yarns, but um, <laughs> I got know, the hammer. <laughs> okay here's all our in our uh, uh contact information and uh we'll, we'll again we'll have it in the show notes if you're listening on uh your podcast app we are on all the major podcast apps and we go live we do live streaming because i don't know that's just the way we started and we <laughs> i can't i can't deviate now but i use the uh the stream yard um uh, live streaming platform and we go to uh eight different destinations, potentially. We're actually going to LinkedIn, Facebook, and two YouTube, three YouTube channels right now. Um, but look for us on those podcasts and please subscribe. You know, that helps a lot. It helps to get the word out about important stuff that we're talking about here with these folks. Tara um, Morgan, is uh, she's gone to her ferry boat, but Ryan um, Worth, at uh, down Chattanooga, Mark and Jim. I guess you guys, you're technically in Florida right now, but Florida now, very much technically. <laughs> and and uh, Richard Butler in Pittsburgh. I just really appreciate y'all coming on and um, being being part of this. And this is my favorite format. You know, just letting letting the ideas come. I love it. Um, so, so here, uh, let, me, let me just butt in there, Charlotte. I think again, yes, uh, the, the, kudos, the kudos go to you. Uh, this started this started two years ago, and uh, it wouldn't have it wouldn't be continuing two years after if it wasn't for your energy and support and enthusiasm for the sport. So uh, for everybody that's out there, give give Charlotte some kudos on this on Thank this show so and, and the whole the whole concept because. <laughs> It's important, and I think that yeah. this, this kind of roundtable thing, having a having a loose concept, and what we, what I know mm -hmm. Charlotte wants to hear is from you, the listener and the watcher, and to hear what's what you like, what you don't like, and what you would like to see next time. The most important thing for any podcast is to have viewership, listenership, and you get more listeners by doing what the people want to hear. So Charlotte is very much open to that. The rowing community is open to that, and we want to continue to expand the 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 sport. And that's what events and shows and programs like this do. And but it needs your help. So yeah, thank you, Charlotte, and welcome. thank you to everybody that's listening and watching right now. And please pass the word because all of these things are archived, like Charlotte said, and and yeah. uh, they can be listened to well past today. So thank you, Charlotte. Thanks for you're, you're welcome. And thank thank you for. I mean, all you guys it, and everyone I've encountered in the sports since I started at the age of 56, eight years ago. Um, I never, I, I went to the University of Washington. I never knew about rowing, never even thought about rowing. I went by the football club or, you know, stadium a couple times. But that's about You're hanging it. out with the football boys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
you know, are way just, it's just like, it's become a huge part of my life, you know, and you're like the getting involved in the convention and, and uh, supporting the diversity and inclusion. That's just super exciting. And uh, you guys and your individual attention to rowers, no matter what their level, it's all part of the, the um, piece. And, and again, as an older athlete, um, the low impact sports are good, are the good ones. <laughs> so anyway, we, like Mark said, we, we really want to hear about uh, your club. And I don't know what I can do to get people to use our form, but I will put out any news that you have at your club. doesn't matter how big or how small, or if you hired somebody or if you built a boathouse or if you're, you know, on, on the river bank with six singles, I love to get those little snapshots of rowing around the country. So there's that. And then, um, of course, our gadgets and gear. We we do a feature about four times a year on gadgets and gear. And thank you all for your uh, suggestions for um, for gear for gifts um, this this um, for this holiday season. And um, we got four minutes till we get to the top of the hour. Anything else you want to to? Um... You know, Charlotte. It, it, just in, in this hour that we spent here. We're all on on the same page as far as you know trying to grow the sport, and mm -hmm. and and there is that segment of the sport that doesn't want to see a change, you know. And uh, mm -hmm. you really you really need to be persistent and, and, mm -hmm. and go out there and just help support these people, you know, yeah. and and support these programs and and get it growing because it is changing, you know. Again, I've been involved in in rowing here in the United States for fifty six years. And it's changed tremendously, and it keeps mm -hmm. changing for the better. And if you have the right intentions and you, you, you keep drawing people in and mm -hmm. trying to find out the little things from club to club as to what's working and what's not, we're, we are going to change the sport, and, and it's only going to make it better. It's only going to make it better. Yeah, and you, you show people how much fun you're having, and yeah. they want to do it too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. You know, it's, it's changed my life. You know, it's, I feel like so healthy and so, you know, able to do physical things and it's mental too. So Richard, did you have a, a little, um, sure. But Ryan unmuted before me. So I'm going to yield to oh, him. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't know. I will bring it. Maybe I'll bring it home. <laughs> Richard can bring it home. Richard close this out. No, it's definitely a pleasure to be here. And I guess I, I'd just like to leave with maybe a kind of a call to action for folks that do love the sport and are in it as a participant to maybe find another way where they can help be an advocate. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's, depending on your club environment or maybe you're an independent row or whatever, there are things to do. Got to plug the referee corps. Um, the U.S. Rowing's referee corps needs people that very badly. Um, and I got to say, you know, as part of that in convention, the amount of energy and enthusiasm that if you had just taken the 2020 us the referee core convention stuff you would have thought we we're going to have regattas next week because the referees that were there were they were it there was like business as usual we want to be the oh best we can be. <laughs> <laughs> next time we get to have a regatta you know and yeah. so shout out to those that are keeping that good energy i think that kind of energy can be in short supply these days yeah. So, um, but again, it's also coming back to the call to action. You know, there are a thousand different ways that whatever skill set people have can be an asset to the sport and mm -hmm. it's going to grow. It's going to change. We can't deny it. We can't act like we want it to be 1918 again. Um, <laughs> you know, so yeah. let's, uh, let's find a way to, to a niche to really flex our, flex our talents. Well, our unis are cuter than theirs were in 1918s. <laughs> Richard, take it away. So, to the top take of the it hour. away. So um, shout out to Three Rivers Rowing, who many years ago interviewed me as a non-rower to grow the community rowing that they uh, thought was important. And although they asked me a bunch of rowing questions in the beginning, at the end of the day, they were looking for leadership. And so as I, as, as other clubs are listening to this conversation, 
that you don't mm-hmm. always have to have a rower in positions to grow the sport. You have to have content experts. You have to have people passionate. Yeah. I became passionate about rowing once I got on the water. Um, and, and, and there's, I will always evangelize this fact that being on the water, there's nothing like it. Uh, but as a sport for us to thrive and for us to grow, I'm going to leave you with this. The future you will determine the future us. Mm. That's cool. That's a great thought. You guys are the best. I just, I really appreciate you doing this and, um, We'll we'll reconvene next year at, for the third anniversary, <laughs> and <laughs> hopefully, you know, like I appreciate. Just uh, what what else can I say? I just I just love talking to you and getting excited about the sport. So let's let's do this. Roll on! All right. Congratulations, Charlotte. Roll on! Thank you, thank you, thank Cheers. you. Roll on! Happy holidays. <laughs>